BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, my name is Peyton Sartin and welcome back to Note to Self with Peyton Sartin. This is one of the last episodes of the year. I cannot believe we're already wrapping up 2021. This is the year that I started Note to Self. It took me a couple of years after, you know, doing the whole influencing things, having a blog, et cetera, to start a podcast. I don't know why it was so daunting to me, but it's been one of the best facets of my job so far. And I'm hoping 2022 can bring me a lot more time to focus on the podcast. I'm really, really thankful for all of you guys who have listened uh, in this first year. I honestly don't even remember when I started this podcast exactly, but we're on episode 27 right now, which I'm so pumped because next week's episode, the 28th episode actually lands on my 28th birthday, which I'm like, that's just a fucking sign. Something's up with that. It's like, it worked out way too well. I have a really special episode for y'all planned for the 28th episode. It happens on December 30th, my birthday. I'm going to be turning 28 years old so fucking wild. (laughs) I still feel like I'm 22. I feel like I forever in my head, I'm 22 years old, but I also kind of feel like I'm 25 too. It's wild that I'm turning 28. I think that I've been like nervous in the, you know, nearing 30 stage, but something about this year made me realize, I think I'm built to be in my thirties and forties. Like everything's just getting better. Like so much better every year. And I think I personally like physically look better, which I feel like people usually say they look really good when they're like in their younger twenties. Absolutely not. I I feel like I look better. I feel better. I just like everything about my life is better right now. And I noticed the other day that I was getting nervous. I mean, not the other day throughout this year, I noticed that I was having that kind of, you know, those thoughts in the back of your mind as a woman nearing 30 that I always hear people having. And I'm like, you know, kind of ruminating on those things. And I'm like, oh, wait, I actually think this is about to be like truly the best years of my life. And I'm not even trying to psych myself up for it. I'm literally saying that. I think it's about to be so great. So for the 28th episode on my 28th birthday, we're going to be talking about all things growing up and a lot of things that I've learned in 27 years so far and what I'm hoping for in my 28th year. And hopefully you guys can take something for that that episode. But right now we're chatting about something really lighthearted. I feel like when I come and sit down and sit in front of the mic with my glass of wine, 
for solo episodes, I usually try to do something that's a very specific topic. I try to cover something that you guys have been asking me a lot about. For example, my moving episode I did last week, make sure to check that out. It's definitely one of my favorite episodes I've done thus far about moving and acclimating to a new city and kind of really taking advantage of what a move can teach you and kind of creating a life in a place. Or I'll do something like my single life episode, things like that, where I really hone in on a subject and we get pretty real about stuff. But this episode, I was like, why don't we just like do something a little bit kind of random, but informative and easy to listen to and something you guys can take something from that's very lighthearted. And with that, this episode is going to be about my favorites from this year, ranging from like makeup, skincare, podcasts, TV shows, books, apps, people I follow. I'm just going down this list of like a lot of favorites that I listed off uh, just so you guys can have maybe a little refresher of whether it's your beauty cabinet or your bookshelf, whatever it is. That's what this episode is for. I want to kind of make things a nice, easy listen, especially as the holidays are approaching. Fucking everyone has COVID. I don't know what's going on. The world is ending. Um, we're all trying to be safe around the holidays. And I feel like there's just like a little level of added stress now with this now what second round of COVID, third round. Of, what, what What round are we in right now? <laughs> I fucking hate it here. I hate it so much. Can I tell y'all that I've been working like a psychopath for a really long time. And this year was especially just like a lot. I'm really grateful for the opportunities I've had because I feel like I've just built something that's about to do really well, especially in this next year. This year was definitely a grind and my mental health was in the fucking garbage can. Um, I'm really working on that <laughs> right now. And I think sometimes you unfortunately uh, do have to have those times where you work your fucking ass off and then you get to kind of enjoy the fruits of your labor. So this week, my work slowed down a bit because my managers are out of office now and a lot of people are out of office. So a lot of my stuff needed to be turned in or done by now. And I was like, sick. I'm going to have the best week ever. I just moved to Dallas. I'm going to go to birthday dinners galore. I'm going to have lunch with my friends. Joe and I are going to go pick out his cowboy boots for his Christmas gift because that's what I'm getting him. Then we have my family Christmas at the end of the week, etc. Everyone I know has COVID. Okay, and I'm not really complaining because I'm complaining now that I'm going to be bored because everyone has COVID. <laughs> but I'm just saying... There are bigger problems than me being bored, but let me complain for a second. Why did this hit me at the worst fucking time? I've never had more time for my family and friends. I've never had more time for them. I was ready to give them all my time. And now I wouldn't say everyone I know has COVID, but a lot of people I know have COVID or have been exposed. So we're all just like being safe and stuff, but like, God damn it. Why does this always happen? Everyone is staying safe. I will say everyone is doing fine. No one I know is in the hospital. Thankfully, if you guys know anyone in the hospital, I'm sorry that I'm complaining about me being bored during everyone having COVID. Okay. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I just, why did it have to happen like that to me? Why? The first time in five years, I'm like ready to let loose and relax. God damn it. But in all seriousness, I do hope y'all are staying safe out there. Okay. 
I just had to, t- I just had to complain for a second. All right. Complaining corner over. So let's talk about my favorite things from this year. And when I say favorite things, I do not say this flippantly. I have really thought about these favorite things. I've made very specific lists. I know exactly why they're my favorite things. And I tell you guys this about my favorite things because I want them to be your favorite things too. And we're going to cover a number of categories here, but I thought we'd start with something really simple, really easy. Let's start with like beauty products. And I'm keeping these lists pretty short and sweet because I want it to be so specific and I'm only allowing the best fucking things to be on these lists. So you can trust me when I'm saying these are my favorite things. I didn't just like add random shit to this stuff. You, you guys, you get it. You get the point. All right. So let's start easy, easy breezy. Let's start with makeup. So this year in 2021, I think I've really perfected, okay, not perfected. I've really improved my makeup abilities. When I look back at old photos of me, I am not necessarily impressed with my abilities. I have a lot of anxiety, as many of you guys probably know from listening to past episodes. It's really hard for me to like sit down and just like do my makeup. I have always been the person that does my makeup in the car on the way to things. I do my makeup in five minutes. I, if I stare too long at myself and try to fix stuff, I just know we're all going downhill. It's not going to be good. So I've always been, I don't even want to say bad at makeup, just like really lazy when it comes to makeup because I'm such a perfectionist that if I get fixated, I will fixate and then we'll never leave the house. So that's why I kind of just do things quickly now. (laughs) Why am I divulging all this? I do things quickly because I don't want to get caught up in the little details because I'm never going to stop fixating them. So makeup has been a huge prime example of that for me in recent years. Also, because I've been trying you know, to make a life on the internet, I don't have a lot of time to just like enjoy myself, what I say. So usually I'm doing my makeup in five seconds because I only have five seconds because I'm doing 8 million things because I'm trying to pay my rent by showing my life on the internet. And a lot of the times up until literally the past six months, it hasn't been the easiest thing. All right. You got to kind of sell your soul and by your soul, I mean all of your time. So all that to say, I feel like this year I've really been able to like take a breather. I've actually done my makeup before going to a few places at least. And I've been like, you need to, you need to set out an hour and a half to do your makeup and hair. Let me tell you, I've only done that like five times, but I will say I do see why people do that now. I have my, my face looks completely different when I actually take the time to sit there and perform the artistry that makeup is on my face or at least attempt to. So with that, I'm going to tell you guys my favorite makeup products. There's only four here that I feel like I cannot live without. Actually, there's five, there's five and that have really helped me in my makeup journey there are more than five products in general. I do wear more than five products on my face, but these are the ones that I just enjoy putting on the most and have made me excited to sit down in my mirror and do my makeup, which is not normally, as we've discussed, really my thing. 
The first thing is the Armani Luminous Silk Foundation. I'm sure you guys have heard this before, and I'm annoyed that I have to tell you this because it is not cheap. But I will say mine has lasted a really long time. I actually got two different colors because I do spray tan sometimes. So I got one that matches like more of like the shade I am when I'm spray tanned and one that matches the shade I am when I'm not spray tanned. And I will like mix them as I see fit for whatever stage of my non-tan or tan that I have. You feel me? So these foundations have lasted a while for me. And I personally think that they're worth it. My job is to take photos and do all that stuff. So obviously for me, this is actually a write-off for my business, especially if I talk about it. And I, I talk about this on YouTube and stuff all the time when I do my get ready, get ready with me videos. So what I like about this product is you can make it like, I guess we would call it buildable. Like it can be pretty thin and very natural, or you can like build it up in areas. Like I'll build it up in areas where I have discoloration or acne. And I usually use a damp beauty blender. And when I actually take the time to like really, really blend everything out, this stuff looks so fucking good. So good. And this is coming from a person who has dealt with skin problems for like most of their you know, mid to late twenties. It was not a good time for my skin. So I absolutely love this product. I don't break out from the Armani Luminous Silk at all. And I'm going to go ahead and link a lot of the stuff here that I'm talking about. Um, so you guys can have a direct link in the show notes for everything. Just let's make it easy. I don't even re remember what colors I am, to be honest, but I don't think that would matter because you need to go get, like, get color matched and stuff like that anyways, because if you're going to buy something like that, make sure it's your right color. Anyways, this stuff has changed my makeup game and people have, my friends have literally like pulled me aside <laughs> at parties and been like, what the fuck are you wearing on your face? Why does it look so good? And that's how you know it's real because when do your friends do that? Honestly, my friends and I, like, we give each other compliments, but when it's, like, really real, like, a really real compliment, it's, like, a very serious situation. We'll push each other or someone into a corner and be like, what the fuck? Why do you look so good? <laughs> it's kind of, it's like that situation when I wear this foundation. So, with that foundation, I usually wear my Ilia concealer, and I've been wearing the Ilia, Ilia concealer forever. It's, like, Ilia is a clean beauty brand. I'm trying to kind of transition my makeup to be more clean beauty. It's at Sephora, so is the Armani, by the way. And I love this stuff because it's super like creamy and it, I usually just focus my concealer on my under eyes and then like brightening parts of my face, like my chin and then like around my nose area. So love that concealer. It's the absolute best. I've been using it for years and I keep one in my purse at all times. This next one is a recent find. It's the Tower 38 blush. I have a couple different colors of this blush. I love it. I found it like what a month and a half ago. Absolutely fucking love. It's like a cream blush. And I really like this brand a lot. There's something about it just gives me good vibes. And I like all the colors they have, all the colors that I have. I think they have like a bronzer too. Big fan of Tower at 38. Is it Tower 38 or Tower 28? Oh my God, what am I saying? Okay. So anyways, I stand corrected. It's tower 28. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I've had a glass and a half of wine and I'm 
I'm going to be okay for the rest of this episode, but it's Tower 28. Okay. Let's get, I mean, I'm sure half you guys knew that anyways. It's like a very popular brand right now. So Tower 28 blush. That shows how much I know about makeup. <laughs> okay. So item number four and five actually go together. This is my holy fucking grail for lips. If I wear these products on my lips, granted, I do have pretty full lips naturally, but if I wear these products, I I get asked every single time where I get my lips done. Literally every single fucking time. And let me give you a little backstory on this real fast. When I was younger, I have always had full lips and not really many people around me growing up in a, let's just say, country club community had very full lips. Most of the girls that I thought were like cool had, this is so specific, but a very thin upper lip and like a normal lower lip. So not like full, but like not like small, like you could still see it, right? But like the top lip looked like so thin. And I thought that was like the coolest thing you could you could have. And for a while when I was younger, I used to like try to smile and make my upper lip smaller. <laughs> because I wanted to look like the cool girls around me and just smiled all teeth, just all teeth. And as I got older, I of course complained about my lip size because I felt like I was weird. And my mom, typical mom thing, she was like, um, can you shut up? (laughs) People are going to pay to have that later. So get it together. And I didn't listen to her. I was very upset about it for a very long time. And then obviously I got older and now everyone heckles me and says that I pay for my lips, which I'm like, can anyone just, people got to make fun of me for the full lips and then for the not full, like, and then I have two full of lips for them to be, it just makes no sense. So anyways, I've had a, a weird relationship with my, with my lips in my life. I'm not complaining anymore though, because lips are expensive and I know that shit's painful. So I do have to get my under eyes done though. So, you know, we can't have it all, I guess. So given that, given that I do already have full lips, I can't be like, oh, this is going to make your lips look like you have full lips if you don't naturally have them. I understand that. What I'm saying is sometimes my lips look relatively normal, especially if I don't like hydrate properly and moisture, like moisturize everything up. If I and like dry shriveled hung over me, my lips are dry shriveled hung over lips. You know what I mean? So when I treat them properly and I make them up properly, they look massive. I will also say like swelling, like if I'm really swollen one morning, I absolutely love it because my lips are <laughs> half the size of my face. <laughs> Big fan. Anyways, this duo you guys need it. You need to run and get it right now. So it's the Mac liner. I get the color sore. Sometimes I get whirl. Sometimes I get sore. Just depends on the day. They're very similar. They're kind of like a mauve color. I also have really dark lips. So this like is kind of a nude for me. And then I use the buxom gloss, like the high shine sparkly gloss and dolly. This combo, this has been a favorite for years and years. I will not leave this duo behind. You absolutely fucking need it. I cannot say enough about this duo. It has brought me through 2021. All right. I'll link it in the show notes. Okay. All right. Let's move on to skincare. So this year, my number one skincare bestie has been my medication for my skin. So 
Disclaimer, I am not a doctor. You do need a prescription to get this medication, so it's not like you can really go and get it anyways. I'm still going to give you the disclaimer. I'm not going to tell you how much I take of this medication. I'm not going to prescribe you anything. I'm just going to tell you my experience on this medication. So I have been taking spironolactone for the last year. It makes a massive difference in my skin because I've had hormonal acne. I also think I might have PCOS, but that's a story for another day. And spironolactone does help with that as well from what I know. Don't hold me to that, but that's just what I've been told. So... I've really liked my experience on spironolactone. It doesn't work for everyone. There have been times in my life too where I tried it in my earlier 20s when I had cystic acne and it didn't really help me very much. So shockingly, it has helped. And I can tell like sometimes I'll just like be stupid and forget to take my any medication for like two or three days. And thank God I'm not on anti-anxiety medication or antidepressants anymore because that would not, that would not fly. <laughs> spironolactone, I'll get a couple zits and I'll be like, I hate my life, but that stuff you can you, you could not skip you cannot skip at all but for this sometimes i will skip and i will notice that like i'll have pimples coming up and my skin won't look as good so number one skincare thing for me got to be honest has been to be on medication so if you guys are having hormonal acne get definitely go talk to a dermatologist um, to help you out with that and talk to them about your options because that's been really helpful for me personally next I have been using these products from Elastin, which are, I think, like medical grade skincare products. I absolutely love them. They are not cheap. I use their gentle cleanser. I use a couple of their serums. I use their eye cream and I use their daytime like moisturizer. So fucking good. Everyone raves over the, their SPF. I don't use the SPF. I have another favorite one. Like I'm very specific about that, but I've loved their cleanser so far. Um, and I've really been trying to invest in my skincare. I believe you can buy Elastin online and you can also get it from a dermatologist's office. All right. So speaking of this SPF, the SPF that I like, I actually recently discovered. I started this year liking the, it's the Zit Sticka sunscreen serum. It's called a mega shade sunscreen serum. I really, really liked this stuff. It goes on really like thin and it lays under makeup really well. But recently, and I think it's like 40 bucks recently, I found, uh, through a partnership that I have done with revolve beauty, I was able to try a bunch of different products. I found this SPF from a brand called hers, which I've actually worked with hers for their hair care products on TikTok before. Very strange connection there um, earlier this year. And they hadn't at that time had SPF. So I didn't try any of their like skincare stuff. It was only their hair care stuff. I partnered with them with Revolve recently and I tried their sunscreen. It's a mineral sunscreen. I'm allergic to chemical sunscreens, so it's always been really difficult for me to find mineral sunscreens that don't leave like a white cast on your face. I run to put this on in the morning. I love it so much. It's the HERS SPF sunscreen. I think it's like 40 plus or 50 plus. It is so good. And I love this at stick up, but it's $40 and the HERS is $18. So I get mine on Revolve. I will, like I said, link it below. I absolutely love this stuff. It lays under makeup perfectly. It doesn't leave a white cast. You do have to like take a moment to rub it in kind of like you would a moisturizer, obviously, but 
I'm obsessed with it. I mix it with my moisturizer every morning. I'll put it on multiple times a day. If I remember, it feels like it just like moisturized my skin. And it's so, it just is amazing because as a person who's dealt with like being allergic to chemical sunscreens, everything has been a chemical sunscreen for so long, except for like literal, like putting zinc on your face and that makes your entire face literally white. So seeing like the evolution of mineral sunscreens lately, and then being able to actually wear these sunscreens seamlessly under makeup is actually pretty sick because I've never been able to do that until like literally recently. So highly recommend that SPF. Another thing I really like in terms of skincare are the Joanna Vargas sheet masks. They've changed my life. Literally there's every single one of them. I like a lot of the times you can find them in like a pack, get them all figure out which ones you like and rebuy those. They are not cheap. So don't use them like all the time. But if you guys have something you are getting ready for, you need to be hydrated, extra plump, definitely do them. Or you could do them like once a week or something as like a treat to yourself. But I love the Joanna Vargas sheet masks. And lastly, my biggest like skincare face thing is under eye filler. Y'all, this stuff has changed my life. I go in to get my under eye filler twice a year. Do I almost pass out and throw up every single time? Yeah. I used to look at people like, you know, like people have this whole, such judgment about a, like a woman with a face full of fillers. I was always kind of like, why are you changing your face? And like, why would you change your face shape? Like, you know, just being, being judgmental and a bitch. I still think that like, I think everyone's beautiful and you should work with your natural face shape for filler. That's just my opinion. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. Who gives a fuck about my opinion, to be honest. But I will say I have a newfound respect for people who get filler anywhere. It is so painful. I'm not even that much of a baby. I kind of enjoy a certain kind of pain. It's kind of weird, but this pain it feels so weird to have a needle in your skin like that. So the person I go to for this, Dr. Iman Abdallah, she is in Beverly Hills. I will be flying back to Los Angeles to go see her. She is the only person I've ever found who can really, really help with under eye bags when it comes to filler. Usually people who do under eye filler will only fill an under eye hollow. So I've been told time and time again, we cannot fill a bag. We cannot fill a bag. It's too complicated, whatever. Uh, Dr. Abdallah has, I've been working with her for the past, like I'd say year and a half maybe, um, to fill under eye bags and she uses a cannula. So she goes in like kind of further away from my eyes and like threads the needle to my eye. And then it's really hard to explain, but she does a process where I don't bruise. She doesn't like inject right underneath my eye. It's kind of more of a careful process of like leading a needle to a very specific place in my face. And it's not cheap at all, but given my job, given that I take photos all day and I'm in video all day, it's worth it to me, but I hate the process. I hate it so much. I truly have to have her stop like five different times. She had one time we tried with like laughing gas so that I would just like relax, but I, I couldn't even relax <laughs> with a laughing gas. I was freaked out when someone has a needle that close to your eyeball. I will say it is kind of scary, but anywho, all that to say getting my under eye bags filled has been amazing. If you have bags, people have DM me this a gazillion times and asked me really in-depth questions and sent me photos of their face to ask if I think my doctor could do them. 
I am not a doctor. I'm not going to do a consult for you. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. I feel like influencers should kind of stay in their lane. Like I can't tell you if a certain kind of filler is going to work underneath your eye because I don't know anything about that. It's not my job, right? I started writing on the internet on a blog for my job. And then I weirdly just kind of over the course of five years, like have been rolling with punches because I've been getting opportunities to make it my job. These people like have gone to full schooling and they know everything. So if you have a question about if your under eyes can be filled or not, you definitely need to go speak to a professional. Do not DM me and ask me for a consult because I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know what's going on. I just talk on this podcast. That's what I, that's what I do with my life. So not qualified for that. I get that so much y'all, but I will say this is all, all the information I'm going to say. And this is all the information I know. So don't DM me with questions. From what I know, people do not fill under eye bags as much as they fill hollows because the process is you have to fill like around the bag. And a lot of doctors will just send you in to get a lower lid surgery. I've actually done that surgery before when I was 21 years old and it was fucking miserable. The recovery was miserable. The surgery was fine, but the recovery took a couple months. I was bruised everywhere. My father who has seen combat in the Middle East, like most of my life was actually the person taking care of me. And like months later, he told me that he was so freaked out by my face after (laughs) he was trying to hold a school, but he was like, like it was, it was pretty messed up. (laughs) I was bleeding from the eyeballs randomly. Sometimes I would just be driving and I'd feel like oil in my eye and I'd blink and I'd realize I was truly bleeding from the eyes. So was the surgery worth it? Maybe when I was 21 and I got it by the time I was 24, I felt like my bags had come back again. Usually when they do that, they don't want to take out too much fat because the whole thing is like you, as you get older, you want to keep as much fat in your face as possible. Kind of, I guess your face like thins out. So you don't want to take out too much fat when you're getting a lower lid. I think it's called a blepharoplasty. So you don't want to take out too much. So people will be pretty conservative with that. So for me, my doctor took out some from each of the three, I guess there's three separate little bags underneath one of your eyes and took some out. Then he took the rest of that bag and almost like sutured it to the top of my cheek. And, um, he told me, you know what, it'll be, it'll be fine as long as you don't look up too much. Cause then the bag might move back up or what's left of the bag. I was like, okay, well, I guess in my lifetime, (laughs) I won't look up too much, which of course I did do that. So I, I did see my bags kind of return after all of that. Then I went to option and the, the way of getting them filled, which I prefer. They're never absolutely perfect, which is, I think, why a lot of doctors won't do the under eye bags because people will want like a perfect result. For me, they just work well enough. So there isn't too much of a shadow underneath my eye and I don't look so exhausted all the time or like sick. You know what I mean? So that has been my experience with my whole under eye fucking never ending experience. And it is easier to fill a hollow. If you have a bag creep on Instagram, I will, I will put my doctor's information in the show notes. So go creep on her work. If you want to, I don't know any other doctors who do something similar anywhere else. That's another question. I'll get people asking like what doctor in my area should I go to? And I'm like, again, I don't know. I'm not like a encyclopedia 
All right. I just, I'm just doing my best. So you're going to have to do your own research for that. But that's what I know about the under eye thing. That's my whole spiel. The under eye filler has been fucking amazing. All right. Let's talk about hair care. <sighs> wow. I've had a time with my hair in the last few years. It's, it hasn't been a good time. Um, most of those years, but this year my hair is really coming back. She's coming back. When I was in college, I used to have really, really long, like luscious hair. People used to ask me if I have extensions all the time and I always be like so confused. Like, no, like, doesn't everyone just have this hair? No, they didn't. Young Peyton, they did not have this fucking hair. Now my hair, my hair has gone through a lifetime of change and it has been dead. It has been disgusting. It's been dry. It's been treated improperly. It's been dried out by color. And I finally got, got it back on track and I finally feel more confident in my hair. So I'm going to explain to you guys my three favorite things for that. So one, my first favorite thing, my color artist, my colorist, is that what you call him? His name is Bradley Leak. He's in Los Angeles. I will be going back to him as well as my under eye filler girl every, every chance I can get. With him, I've really worked on health first hair. So like when I go sit in his chair, he's so good, by the way. It's so like same with my the doctor who does my under eye filler because she also does my Botox. I never really know what I get with these people. Like I never know really what we do because I don't really direct them. I kind of give them a general idea of what I want and then they do whatever it is. They work their magic while I usually will work on my computer or something. And then when I look up and I'm done, I... I'm fine with the result. And I'm usually, I mean, I'm not fine. I'm better than fine with the result. I fucking love the result because I love their work. So if you're going to work with someone, hair, filler, whatever it is, go creep on them and their past work. So you can, you know, when you sit in their chair and you talk to them that they understand what you want and that they can deliver and you don't have to like micromanage them. Because again, you probably have a job that's different from being a hairstylist or someone who's good at with injection. It's not your job to tell someone how to do their job, right? So you want to go to someone who knows it to their, to their job so well, you can tell them and like layman's term what you want, and then they can provide that for you. And I feel like that I have that experience with Bradley. So I have put in my hair highlight on Instagram, a few of the different things that we have done, but every time I sit in this chair, I say, Hey, I want you to touch the least amount of hair possible to get me the result that I want. And he said, you know, the, the first time I started working with him a few years ago, he was like, that means you're going to be not as blonde. And I was like, that is totally fine. So I like to focus on highlights more around my face, but I like to do baby lights as much as possible and the least amount of bleach possible. And I like a darker blonde situation anyways. So that's what I've been doing. I also go in to get my ends, what they call dusted, uh, frequently. So it's like less than a trim. It's more conservative and it happens more frequently. And I do this for length in LA. I went to Alyssa Wood hair. She's at, um, what's it called? Spoken wheel on third. And she's actually on third street. She's really, really good at helping you grow out long, healthy hair. That's like one of her specialties. I'm still trying to find someone like that in Dallas, but again, all like health first. And she will tell me like, Hey, we need to do this to make your hair grow out faster. Or we need to do this to make your hair thicker. And sh everything she recommends always works for me. So make sure again, you're going to someone that you know 
is good at what it is you're going for when it comes to these things, if you want a really good result. Because again, like I don't know shit about hair. Like I don't want to have to sit here and tell my stylist what exactly I need them to do and like micromanage what they're doing. No, I want to tell someone I trust what to do and like what I want really, my end result, like how I want to feel about my hair and what I kind of like. And then I want to sit there and enjoy myself while they do it for me. Because as a person who works for myself, I'm already responsible for way too much in my life. I like to hand over responsibility for these things as often as possible because <laughs> I'm tired. So I don't want to be the boss of me getting my hair done. Make sure you're going to someone where you don't have to be the boss of that situation. You know what I mean? So we talked about the darker blonde. Um, so like less color really and dusting the ends of my hair for growth. I actually about to go in for like a bigger cut. I think I just want to get rid of like all that dead ends and kind of start over and make my hair look a little thicker. But I will say generally over the past, you know, year or so when my, I really felt my, like my hair is kind of becoming its best again. It's been through doing those more frequent dusting of the ends. Lastly, some of you are going to hate to hear this. Investing in the Dyson Airwrap has been the best thing I have done obviously, aside from these two other things for my hair, I always knew I was going to buy this stupid air wrap. And I looked at the price and I was like, this is absolutely insane. But I always knew it was going to happen. So I bought the cheaper versions. They fried my hair. Uh, they didn't work. They short circuited. Um, they made my hair smell like burnt trash. <laughs> I... I held on to a couple of them for a little too long. Once I got the Dyson, I will say it took me a second to get used to using the Dyson. I did have to look at YouTube tutorials for it. It has made such a fucking difference. Oh my God, it, it everything is easier. Everything about my life is easier. It takes so much less time. I don't have to learn. I'm so bad at blowouts. I cannot blow dry my hair with one hand and do a round brush with the other hand. I cannot do that. And I don't feel like trying to learn after this many years. So the, the air wrap has changed my life. I look like I have a fresh blowout all the time. It'll stay for a couple of days. I still need to figure out products that I really like in my hair to like kind of maintain the blowout, but holy shit, y'all, it is so good. It is so good. And if you buy it through Dyson, like I did, I did the Affirm, or maybe it's Afterpay. It's one of those two. They're pay and pay in installments thing just because I didn't want to be so freaked out by like $800 or how much ever it was $600 leaving my bank account at once, um, for a hairdryer. <laughs> so I actually got the curling system. So yeah, to be clear, it's, it's like the, the air wrap, not the actual hairdryer, but it comes with like a hairdryer, like attachment kind of anyways, freaked me out. I totally was on the fence about it. I bought it because I saw everyone else having a great time with their air wrap and I do not regret it, but you can pay in installments and you can do so like interest free in some cases. Like if you pay in like four installments or whatever, you can pay it off interest free. It will give you options just in case you're like a person like me who doesn't like to see a chunk of change coming out of your banking account. Sometimes you would rather pay over time. That's what I did. Don't regret I don't regret that for a single fucking second. That air wrap goes with me absolutely everywhere. All right. So moving into my last kind of aesthetic thing, and that is clothing. So as much as I like don't really have 
let's say a specific clothing place that I really shopped this year besides Revolve. I like Revolve, by the way, because there's just so many different brands and I feel like they usually are pretty good at being at the forefront of like corralling new popular brands um, with a lot of different price points. I think sometimes Revolve has like ridiculous price points, but sometimes they have pretty affordable ones and some brands they carry have really great price points. So I've been on Revolve this whole year. Um, also on the Webster, which is another kind of like shop like Revolve. It's probably more high end. And then Farfetch I really like and um, Wolf and Badger. They have like more unique kind of up and coming brands that are kind of have like that more one of a kind feel. But this year I've really put effort into curating a closet that I love and it's been one of my favorite things to do this year. And like I said before, I, I do have a little bit more money to spend this year than I usually do. So it's been nice because of the nature of my job and so much of it relies on aesthetics to really invest in things that I really like. And also because I've been kind of in a smaller place, a smaller apartment in LA than what I used to live in. And then, cause I lived downtown and that my favorite apartment ever, we did downsize. And then I moved to Dallas and I had to go through a move. And now Joe and I are going to be moving kind of a lot because of his job and things like that in the coming years. So I really, it's been my goal to kind of scale down my closet, but also because I'm scaling down and having less stuff to make sure, you know, the few things that I do keep and have and that stay with me are really great quality and things that I really like. So I've kind of been able to justify spending a little bit more money on things that I love because I'm not going to buy like a ton of that thing. You know what I mean? I'm only going to buy one pair of black flared pants or something like that. So I've been really specific and it's been a really good time for me to just like build a closet that I like. I have gone through Revolve just because it's easy. I like that they do free shipping and returns. I'm always buying stuff and then like literally returning half of it or whatever it is like trying it on. I have to have that whole element of it. So that's been really nice. And I have a Revolve's favorite list that just kind of refreshes all the time. I'll add new stuff to it based on what I get for that month or what I buy for events, whatever it is. So that's been one of my favorite things of this year. And Revolve has been a huge part of that. I luckily have been sent clothes by them before, but I have not really worked with them otherwise. Um, I just did a thing with Revolve Beauty, but they're definitely a brand that I like. And they're definitely a brand that I think does it really well in terms of social. And also like just from a customer standpoint, like the fact that you can get clothes in like literally two days. It's just the easiest fucking thing ever. So major and revolve, I will link my favorites below and I have tagged and favorited things from a bunch of different price points. All right, let's move into more like entertainment stuff. So let's start with podcasts because I feel like that obviously makes sense. I listen to a few podcasts on repeat. There are others that I will not mention here that I listen to like when I remember, when I have time, if I'm on a road trip, I like binge them, whatever it is. But these are podcasts I listen to like most days of the week. Like I have one for every day of the week almost. So Mondays, I always start out with Crime Junkie. Love. I know in my episode with Delaney, I was like, I'm going to try to listen to less crime. I can't stop. I can't stop it. I love Crime Junkie so much. Love the host. I just feel like they're really entertaining, straightforward. And I think they cover cases that 
aren't necessarily given as much attention as they should be given for whatever reason, be it that they're a person of color or they cover a lot of uh, missing Native American women in you know the U.S. and Canada, which is so fucking important. So I just feel like their whole mission is is amazing and the people that they cover and the people that they help in the long run um, through all their different kind of like uh, community activations and things like that. I just think they're the fucking best. So crime junkies for sure. I also listen to my favorite murder. That's been a long time favorite. That's every Thursday. Uh, a new one that I like to listen to is morbid. Uh, I have really enjoyed listening to them chat. I think they're stepsisters or something. Anyways, I think they have episodes twice a week. That's one that I kind of tune in when I remember, but I do listen to them quite a lot. I also listen to Call Her Daddy on Wednesdays. I've loved I've loved to follow like the trajectory of Alex's career. I think that's really interesting. So I do listen to that on Wednesdays usually. And then I also listen to The Skinny Confidential, him and her. It's I sometimes we'll miss episodes because of like specific guests. I'm just like not as much interested in, but I usually try to keep up with that podcast. There are a bunch of other ones that I will listen to, um, or like series podcasts that I will listen to, but those are definitely my favorites for 2021. Next we have TV shows. So I'm going to start with my most recent favorite that I just binged and finished today. Um, I started this yesterday. So on HBO, it's it's called sex life of college girls. I feel like this is one of those shows that actually does like mixing entertainment with modern issues, like kind of well, it's still kind of like cheese dick and stuff like that. But like Sometimes it's so cheesy when they do that. And I feel like the writers just like miss the mark. This one, like it actually kind of makes sense. It's still a little cheesy, but like in a good way, it's pretty light. It's like, I wouldn't say lighthearted, but it's just like an easy watch. And it's also really kind of entertaining. Like I found myself like actually laughing out loud at things and like smiling along with them. Like I, I like them. (laughs) I like that show. The next one is never have I ever. I think Mindy Kaling, Mindy Kaling, has a lot to do with both of these shows. Actually, I don't know what her position is because I did not read the credits, but it was giving me Mindy Kaling vibes. I know that never have I ever on Netflix is a Mindy Kaling show. Let me actually look that up. So I'm not like saying this wrong. Yes. Okay. So sex lives of college girls on HBO is Mindy Kaling's an executive producer. Okay. Mindy Kaling also created never have I ever. And it's a, it's, apparently loosely based on her childhood. So I fucking love her. Some of you guys might know this. Some of you might not. I've watched The Office at least eight times through. I'm one of those people. I think a lot of people have done that, but I have watched literally every single episode at least eight times. Some of them probably more than eight times. I'm a huge fan of her. So I love to watch her be like behind the camera, creating these amazing things. And she just has like a specific touch she gives to shows. And I love that for women because I think it showcases as women in a different way. Um, and I fucking love her shows. Obviously, I didn't even know <laughs> she was like literally the person behind those. Um, but yeah, both of those have been great. And then more like serious, dark Mayor of Easttown. Obviously, that was on HBO, I think. And then Your Honor was on Hulu. Not a lot of people t- were talking about this. And it is a really fucked up, like dark show. It kind of gives me like the same darkness vibes as like The Center. Like there are some seasons of The Center that I like 
literally can't watch because I'm just like, I'm not going to introduce this into my life. Like I can't. Your honor is pretty fucked up. I will say it is so fucking good though. It's the guy, it's the main guy from Breaking Bad and he's like a judge and it's, I don't want to explain too much. You guys have to watch it, but like brace yourself. If you don't like fucked up stuff, don't, don't watch it. But anyways, it's, I thought it was really, really good and really well done. Lastly, Nine Perfect Strangers. I just loved every person in that show. Um, They did everything so well. Nicole Kidman is a goddess. And I didn't really know where things were going ever. I did think things were going to get a little bit more intense. But I really appreciated the show. And I really liked it. Joe and I watched it together. We loved it. All right. Let's move on. Books. I didn't do a lot of reading this year, to be quite honest. And there was one author who I read books from three separate times and have gone through them so fast. So I read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So I think, I can't tell which one I like better. My friend, one of my best friends, Kelsey, said that she liked Daisy Jones better. I think I might like Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo better. Uh, Both really good books. I could not put either of them down. I recommend it if you're someone like me who just like doesn't read a whole lot and wants to read more. It's gotten me kind of more like kickstarted. Like I want to read more after those books. I'm currently reading Malibu Rising by the same author. I don't like it as much as the other two so far, but um, it is a good book still, and I'm going to continue to read it. Uh, another one I read earlier this year was Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And in my experience, I think most people would deem this as women a classic. I fucking love Glennon Doyle in general, but this made me love her so much more and just get to know her more as a person. So highly recommend Untamed for literally any woman ever. Please read Untamed. It's so good. And a pretty quick and easy read. Um, the chapters are kind of short, so it's it's good if you like only have you know a little time here and there to pick up a book and read for a sec. Okay, songs. These are going to be kind of random. I do have public playlists on Spotify if you guys want to come search me. But I went to my Spotify Wrapped and I just chose a couple random songs that I played a lot this year. I mean, obviously, I think in your Wrapped playlist, your top songs they give you like a good chunk of songs. So I just picked a couple that I remember playing literally all the time. So one is heat waves by glass animals. Not new. Obviously I fucking love this song. This is a song I would play when I was just flying down the PCH in Los Angeles and, or like dry, like going through the middle of downtown and playing it so loud. It just reminds me of summertime. It reminds me of Los Angeles. I feel like very carefree when I'm listening to it. It's very nostalgic. I just fucking love this song. So that's like the visual and the feeling I have is like driving with all my windows down in Los Angeles. I love it so much. Um, The next one is Hallucinogenics by Matt Mason, M-A-I-S-O-N. You guys have probably heard the song. I listen to every different remix of it too. I fucking love it. This is another one just like uh, Heat Waves that I listen to so much, like blasting, just like driving on the 10, going out to Malibu or something like that. Uh, Let's see. West Coast Love by Emotional Oranges, obviously. I spent most of this year along with the four years before it and on the West coast. So I was always listening to that song. I feel like 
when I first started hanging out with Joe, we listened to that song a couple times when I'd like visit San Fran. It just reminds me of good memories. Uh, good days by SZA, obviously any SZA song, the bones by Marin Morris. I fucking love that. It just puts me in a great mood. I love that song. Also, I feel like I used to listen to it before I ever met Joe and the whole song like explains being in a healthy relationship basically. <laughs> and then I was always like, it just made me happy before I ever met him because it's just like so pure and cute. And now that I'm in an actual good relationship, I'm like, wow, it's so, it's still so pure and cute. In stark contrast, drinks by sin. I think it's, it's C Y N. So I think it's sin sassy. We love it. She doesn't give a fuck about men. In stark contrast to the one before it, I fucking love this song because it's like so non, like, I don't know. She just doesn't give a fuck. You'll understand if you've heard it or if you listen to it. So listen to Drinks by Sin if you're about to go out or if you are dealing with a fuck boy you don't want to deal with anymore or you just want to feel like a bad bitch, listen to that song. Obviously, my guy Jack Harlow gets a shout out on my favorite songs. I listened to Way Out so many times. I, I love him. And that's all I'll say about that. All right. We're in our last few categories here. So apps. That'd be fun to add an apps category to this. So number one app I've used probably besides my Google Calendar app has been Notion. I am falling in love with Notion more and more every day. The more I learn about it, the more I see that you can customize things. I haven't really learned enough about it to like truly be a master. Um, but I've seen on YouTube plenty of like step-by-step things showing you how to use Notion and get the most out of Notion. I've also browsed their templates. Um, basically Notion, you can, it's like a, it's like your notes app on your phone, but like 10,000 times cooler with so many different like visual elements and things like that. So right now I'm using it for right. Like I'm literally reading off of a little page in notion for this episode. I've got like my daily planner on here. I plan out my content on here, my 2022 goals. Um, there's so many different templates that you can choose from. You can literally just go to like when you sign into Notion, I think it's free for personal use. You can go to the template section and go through a couple of the different templates. There are some that are free. There's some that you can pay for. I might make a couple once I figure out like how to do that to make mine actually perfect for me. And then I'll introduce them to y'all as well. But um, I highly recommend Notion. I've loved it for just like my daily to do's really. Uh, I also use Splice all the time. I do get questions about how I edit my TikToks and my reels, like the ones that I do that are more aesthetic, always on Splice. It, you do have to pay for splice, but for me, it makes total sense. It makes everything so much easy, so much easier to edit than like actually recording in TikTok, at least in my opinion. So I love slice. I use that every day. Splice, sorry. And then Visco, I use every single day. Right now I'm loving the KC25 filter. And I do that on like, like a two intensity. So like not very intense, but I love that filter. And I've been using that for like the last... I would say probably a year on every single photo. Another one is Canva. I use this both on app and on desktop. It's a really easy way for me to like kind of transfer images too. Like I'll like start editing something for like an image on my phone that I want to put in like, let's say a YouTube cover and I'll edit that image and like some images together on Canva on my phone. And then when I want to upload it, if I want to see it larger, I'll just go in Canva on my desktop and I can like pull it up exactly like it is on my phone and then save it to my computer and then upload it to YouTube. So I really like Canva for that, that I can use in my phone on the go or on my desktop. 
And there are so many different things you can do with Canva. They've got so many templates for like Instagram or Instagram stories or like flyers or whatever it is you want to do. They literally have a template for everything. So definitely use Canva. I'm obsessed. And then lastly, uh, Skillshare. I have the Skillshare app. You can use what, or you can learn whatever you want on Skillshare. It's fucking amazing. So I've done everything from like trying to understand QuickBooks. I need to dive more into that because it's so confusing for my business. Or I've done like graphic design, uh, like quote classes and like more financial, like stock classes on this. So I love love, love Skillshare. I use it both on desktop and on my phone. So to wrap up kind of like my media and, um, entertainment section, I wanted to include a couple of people that I like to follow on various forms of social media. So let's start. I'm going to say like I, a lot of my friends are influencers. A lot of people who have been on this podcast are influencers and I love every single one of them. I consider these people to be friends and mentors to me both. So I kind of wanted to introduce you guys to new people that I follow that I haven't had on my Instagram that I haven't had on my podcast yet, like things like that, because, uh, you guys can go through and listen to the amazing people that I have had as guests on, which were all very intentional. I want you guys to, I want to kind of like steer you guys to even more people. So I'm not going to include the obvious ones. Most of my friends, Claudia, Josie, Alex, Georgie, Katie Morton, all of you guys who I fucking love. You guys have seen me talk about them a million times and I am constantly like reposting their stuff or using the products they send me. Um, cause a lot of my friends are brilliant and amazing and create their own products and stuff. Um, so these are new people that I have not mentioned before. You probably haven't seen me mention at least. So we're going to start with one. This is actually someone that I have met before. She's done my makeup before, and I've had the chance to hang out with her one time in New York, but I haven't had her on the podcast yet. Her name is Kellyanne. She is actually from Texas. And when I met her last year, this last year, she was living in Austin. And since then has quit her corporate job and become a makeup artist, um, something that she really wanted to do. And, uh, when she did my makeup, she hadn't yet done that and was so excited to actually go through that journey. So it was really cool to like see that all play out. And she has grown on social media so fucking fast because she's absolutely fucking killing it. Not only as a social media personality, but obviously a makeup artist. I feel like she just understands the business and seems, and she just like is such a nice fucking person. And she's such a good person to follow. If you're a person like me who like needs makeup help, like just everyday makeup help, go follow her. Her handle on Instagram is makeup X K a. And then kind of on the same note, I've seen her Kellyanne and this girl Bridget together. And I've, I've known who Bridget is through like being an influencer for the past couple of years, but because I've been in LA, I haven't followed a ton of New York girls and Bridget is someone that would always hop up on my explore page. But I was like, I usually follow people for like where to go and what to do and like things like that. And then I followed her a little while back and I just love her story content. Like it's so good. It's really relatable. And I like that the people in her life are like characters and her little show. It's really re refreshing to just have her perspective on social media. So I really like following her. Another person I love following is Hannah Schoenberg. I think that's how you say her name. I've been following her for a while. She's definitely more like aesthetically driven. I think she might be Swedish, uh, but everything that she puts on social media just feels really positive and 
light and fresh and airy and the content is like a one it's so fucking good like absolutely stunning she's absolutely stunning just very much an artist so i love following her and then another person i like following on instagram is jordan sloan i have followed her for a little bit now similar kind of vibe very aesthetic to me her her actual content is like more moody and vibey in terms of like aesthetic and color and stuff and i really like watching her makeup stuff and she always has really great brands that she posts and stuff too for youtube my queen is emma chamberlain i'm obsessed with her i haven't really found very many people that i really enjoy following weekly on YouTube that I like don't know personally and just like support as a person. Um, but Emma Chamberlain is definitely one of them. So I absolutely love her. And then on TikTok, I would say my, one of my favorite fucking people on the planet, I think is this girl drew Afualo. So drew is the feminist icon. We all need when I say she eats men for breakfast. I mean so in a way that she crushes their soul and owns it and takes it and sucks it from their life and never returns it. And they there there's a part of them that dies with that experience that they have in just her stitching their videos. She's never, she never misses. She literally never misses. You guys have got to go follow her roasting misogynist on TikTok. It is so fucking good. Her name is Drew, D-R-E-W. And then her last name is Afualo. I hope I'm probably not saying that correctly. I'm doing my fucking best. Okay. It's A-F-U-A-L-O. Y'all, a genius is among us. And she always says the right things. She knows how to get down and dirty with the ones that have no brains. She knows that insults will cut pretty more intensely than logic sometimes. And I really appreciate that about her. Also, it makes every person that she stitches or every person that she just like makes fun of delete either the video that they made being a fucking asshole to women or delete their entire account. It is so good every single time you'll have got to go listen. That's the energy that I want all of us to bring into 2022. Another one I really like following on another note is food dolls. I love watching people make food on TikTok. I fucking love it. Or on Reels, wherever I can watch it, really. I'm obsessed with food dolls. It's so random. I don't make the majority of their stuff, nor do I even want to because it seems kind of more complicated than I want to do it. I just like watching. And it's so, it looks so good. And there's something that I get out of watching people make really good food that I'm never going to have. Another one that I've loved recently for my Dallas locals is Dallas Lovelist on TikTok. I'm pretty sure if you guys live in a city, you probably have a ton of options for this as well. Obviously New York, LA, Chicago, places like that always have like local foodie people who are really avid on TikTok. Go find them because it's so worth it. I found so many good places because of the Dallas Love List. There's also Dallas Sites 101 I think on Instagram and then Dallas Love List is on Instagram too, but I I follow that content a bit a bit less. All right, so we're wrapping up here and I have two more little mini segments for you guys. They're gonna be pretty quick. Well, this first one's gonna be pretty, pretty quick. I wanted to list my favorite places that I've traveled to this year. 
I've traveled a little bit to watch Joe play and to visit him, especially when he was at the beginning of the year, he was in San Francisco, the very beginning and then, or in Oakland. And then, um, in the springtime, he was in Palm Beach, Florida. And then in the summertime and most of the fall, he was in DC. And then he moved out here to Dallas late fall, early winter. And he also played a couple different places. So I would go visit him either in DC or like where he was playing. And one place we went a couple times this year was New York. Uh, I have never had a better time in New York City than I have this year. I got to go a couple times, like I said, and there was something about those visits that just felt like I was at home in New York City. It was amazing. I think it's because there was one time where like I visited Joe in DC and then I took the train to New York and spent like a week in New York by myself, like running around the city, seeing people I hadn't seen in a while doing podcast episodes and then like doing meetings and stuff and like staying by myself in a hotel. And I felt like I truly lived there. It was the best trip of my entire life. We all know I love going and doing everything alone <laughs> when I get the chance. And then my friends and Joe arrived after that week. And I did a week with my friends and Joe, which was also so fucking fun. I was just like the best. It was weirdly the best trip of, you know, my life. Anyways, I loved my trips to New York this year. I also felt like I had more free time and I loved exploring the city with Joe. That was really fun. And I liked having, you know, the chance to be able to sit down and take myself to good dinners and things like that too. Um, was such a treat. Another place that I got to see for the first time was Palm Beach, Florida, which is so random, but Joe did his spring training there or does his spring training there. I actually really like Palm Beach. When I was younger from like when I was born to like when I was eight or so, I lived on the Florida coast in a different part of Florida, but it still felt like that really like that homey, humid weather that I love so much. I know that's kind of rare, but I fucking love humidity. It reminds me of home. It makes me feel really comfortable. And I don't know. I just really liked it. I walked over to the beach when he'd be, you know, at work, working out and stuff like that and um, practicing. And I would go to the beach or like hang out. And I don't know. I just loved it. I love the humid tropical climate. And we went to go eat a few times in Palm Beach and like in West Palm. So highly recommend. Loved that area. Super clean. It was great. I would say maybe behind New York though, my, my second to tied for first favorite place that I went this year was Punta de Mita. So Punta Mita is like a very specific place like that was right north of where we were and what I I think is called Punta de Mita. We stayed at the W Hotel and we were there for a wedding. Again with the tropical climate. I love Punta de Mita. I've been to Cabo quite a few times over the course of the last like what 10 years of my life but I'd never been to Punta de Mita and I I like it so much more. I don't know what it is about it. It just feels, I don't know. Maybe it's like there's less hotels and stuff. I can't really tell. Uh, I had the best time in Punta de Mita, not only at the hotel, but we went over to Sayulita for a night. And I truly feel like in a past life, I live in that, I lived in that town because I felt so at home. It had, it was like the perfect town that I would imagine me hanging out in, in Mexico. 
for some reason I couldn't like put it into words what I was expecting when I like would go visit Mexico, what I wanted to do in Mexico. And then I saw Sayulita and I was like, this is what I want to do. We went and ate somewhere for an evening. And then we bopped around, went into a bunch of different bars. All the bars had like dogs in them. Kids were running around the street. There was like a festival in the street. It was so fun. The drinks were all really good. Everyone was so friendly. I, I loved Punta de Mita. I definitely want to go back. All right. So the last of this episode are going to be my favorite memories and like big kind of life-changing moments that happened to me in 2021. It's so weird to say that 2021 is coming to an end. It's just very strange, but this was a big year for me. A lot happened. A lot that changed my life happened. There are some smaller things and there are some bigger things. So I think let's just start with some smaller things. So one thing I got to do this year was I was invited to a like a gala um, like fundraiser for the LA Dance Project in partnership with a company called Zadig and Voltaire. And Zadig and Voltaire is one of those companies that I used to look at when I was younger and just starting out my influencing career. Like, wow, if I could just partner with them, that would be so sick because they're such a cool company and they're a French company and they're they're I genuinely love their clothes and their leather goods and things like that. So I just thought they were like, I would see other bloggers and influencers partnering with them and doing things with them. And I'd be like, Oh my God, that's so sick. That can never be me. Cause like, I'm not cool enough anyways. So they invited me to come be a part of their brand experience and kind of represent Zadig and Voltaire at this foundation gala and like show. And I showed up and I did the whole red carpet. They paid for hair and makeup and transportation and at home COVID tests. And I felt like, like a celebrity for the first time in my entire fucking life. It was also just a weird full circle moment. Cause there's so many brands that I could have fixated on in, in my earlier part of my career. But Zadiga and Voltaire was like the one that I fixated on for some reason. I don't know. I just remember like creeping on their stuff and being like, Oh, this stuff is so cool. Like whatever. So anyways, I showed up and I did the red carpet and it was just a really cool experience because I'd been on red carpets before, but it was like, Oh, like, Hey, someone would just like push you on it. And you had to tell the person your name, like the photographers didn't know who you were. And like three of them took your photo. This was like actually on purpose. I was also sharing the red carpet with some people that were just way cooler than me. So it was just a really weird but cool experience where I had to like decide that I was just going to be confident about it and be like, I belong. And it was a really amazing night. I met some cool people. I don't know. That was just a really cool experience that I got to have this year. And then another one was, like I said, my last New York trip, Go going through the city and knowing it at this point in my life, because I've visited enough to know, you know, where the subways get out and things like that. And to be kind of running around alone and having my manager set up meetings and going around and, you know, doing podcast episodes at places like Barstool Sports. It just is something that I feel like I always kind of have this lens of like, wow, if younger me could see me now, like I just am so shook that this is my life and that I feel comfortable doing these things because there's a lot of like, I don't know, uh, what's it called? imposter syndrome that I've gone through in the past five years when good things happen to me. And now I'm starting to kind of settle into the fact that like I belong here and it could be just because of age. Like, I feel like when you get older, you just get more confident. Like, why wouldn't I belong here? You know, like I worked enough, <laughs> but when you're younger, I feel like it seems like, it doesn't seem like a bigger deal, but it just seems like, I don't know. Sometimes you just think less of yourself. And, um, 
for me, it could be age. It could be this year. I just could have been the people that have been around me, but I felt really comfortable in the things I'm doing with work and the strides that I'm making. I feel like I should be here and like I do deserve it, which has been a huge thing in New York. Visiting for one of the last trips was a huge indicator of that for me. So this year is the first year I've gotten to see Joe play baseball. The first year that I knew him, he actually took the year off for COVID just to not risk injury and stuff. And so being able to travel with him and watch him play and things like that from the first time I ever saw him pitch at all, which was at spring training at the beginning of this year to when I, the first time I saw him pitch in a major league game, which was in LA more towards the beginning of this year as well. It's been cool to go to places where he's playing and see him and like, you know, be, like I said, in New York when he was playing there and stay in the hotel with him. And whenever he was done playing, we'd go eat dinner and like just really experience the city. So that was really cool. And on his off day, we got to do some fun stuff in New York, which it was just a really fun experience. And again, kind of had that thing of like, I felt like I was supposed to be there because I literally was there with him and we were doing our own thing. And it was just a really fun time. This year, I had some really incredible meals, like from the places we went in Palm Beach to freaking Carbone, obviously in New York, and to Punta Mita. I have had some amazing food, and y'all know how much I love and value sitting down at a table with family, friends, Joe, whoever, whoever it is, and like just talking over drinks and food for a little while. I just, it's one of my favorite things to do in life, and I feel so lucky to have met someone like Joe, especially who really enjoys that experience as well. I've had so many good nights just over great meals. All right. So two more huge life-changing things that happened this year that I'm really proud of and are my, some of my favorite moments. So this year in the earlier beginning of the year, when was it? The springtime was the first time I ever said, I love you to anyone in my entire life, which was such an experience for me because it makes me really scared. And it took me a year of knowing this man to utter those words. And for me, it marked something in me that like, it was kind of like letting go of some control for sure. And I feel like I just learned a lot from the experience of saying that out loud to someone and everything that entails and all the experiences that lead up to that moment and being with someone in that way has been a huge life-changing thing for me, obviously, which leads me to my next thing of, uh, the fact that I moved to Dallas, Texas after five and a half years of being in LA, I've moved to Dallas and we're going to, Joe and I are going to spend half the year in Dallas, half the year in DC, he will be away at spring training for a little portion of that um, in Florida, but I won't be going with him. So I'll be in Dallas and I'll be in DC. And I've changed my life massively in the na- in the last two weeks I've moved out here. So it's been a huge change and I'm trying to acclimate. Of course, I'm always going to miss LA. I fucking love that place so much. If you guys listened to the last episode of this podcast, it was a really special place to me and it was a really special place to spend my twenties, but I'm really proud of myself and really happy to be in a new place and ready to move to an even newer place in DC this spring, uh, for a little while. And I'm really happy to have made the decision to change my life like that, uh, for the sake of my relationship. I feel like that's a huge growing moment for me as a person, um, someone who's very hyper independent. So it's been a whole experience. I don't want to say it's been, you know, 
always such a positive thing and I haven't had, you know, some doubts and et cetera, like just intrusive thoughts about everything. But I will say that I'm very proud of this decision and I feel like it's me going in the right direction. And so far things have been really great and I feel very lucky to be in the position that I'm in. All right. So this episode ended up being longer than I thought it would be, but I had to ramble on about my favorite things. Y'all know. So you guys take a second before the end of the year, even as a reflection moment at the beginning of 2022, round up some of your favorite things. Maybe it doesn't need to be your favorite skincare, makeup, things like that. Um, but round up, you know, what are your favorite memories that you, that you really learned something from? They don't have to be necessarily always positive memories, by the way, like I said, some of these things I've, they, they were complicated and they were experiences, but, and they scared me, but I feel like when I look back, these are more pivotal moments in my life that happened to me this year. I think it's really important to acknowledge those things. So remember the fun favorite things that you have. Remember the more pivotal moments, take a time to reflect on your year and the things that you love, the things you want to carry into next year, the things you want to do more of next year, maybe, maybe take a second. Like I mentioned, the people that I like to follow, take a second to refresh who you follow, figure out people that you like to follow, maybe ditch some people you don't like to follow anymore. Just kind of reset, reflect. Um, I wanted to do an episode like this because like I said, it is pretty lighthearted, but at the center of it all is just like me identifying the things that I love and that make me happy in my life and make my life easier or more convenient or make me a better person. And I think everyone needs to take a second to really think about those things. Think about the things that you own, think about the things that you do and decide if these are good indicators that you're on the right track, the things that you like, what could you do more of that you like? What could you have more of? What could you have less of, um, that you don't like and take that with you, take that energy with you into 2022. I cannot wait for next week's episode. I think it's going to be a really, really good one. I'm going to work hard on it. I worked hard on this episode, actually kind of making my list and really trying to weed out things. It could have been so much longer, honestly, but, um, I wanted to make sure I was as concise as possible. Okay. But next weekend or next week's episode is going to be a really important one for me. And I've been wanting to do something like this for a while. And the fact that this 28th episode landed on my 28th birthday, I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to do it right now. So I've got a lot to say next week, but until then come find me on Instagram, make sure to rate and review the podcast. It really helps my podcast. Um, you can also find NTS on Instagram and on TikTok. You can find me everywhere. Just search my name or search NTS pod by Peyton Certain. And you guys will find me on social media. I live, live, live for your support. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.